Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Welcome to Girl on the Gov, the podcast. Where our goal is to make politics more accessible and less intimidating. The show features an interview with an expert in the political field, walking us through the many cues we have about politics, civics, government, and more. By providing civic education in the places we are, on our phones, and in the language we speak. And yes, we know we say like a lot. It's kind of the point. Because politics needed a rebrand. Welcome, welcome back to Girl on the Government Podcast. Happy New Year. It's 2024. Holy shit. I can't. I feel like we've been, you know, talking about this year for years and it's here now and who knows what it's going to hold for us, you know? No, literally. I can't remember who I was talking to, but the fact of like what can happen in a year's time is mm-hmm. so mind-boggling. Like, even when I was trying to describe, like, okay, like, where was Girl in the Gov, like, a year ago? Like, what were we doing? I can't even I fathom, know. and I can't predict. Like, who knew, like, the beginning of last year, we would become newsletter girlies. Like, we were starting, we were in our, we were entering our newsletter era. But, like, there's totally. so many things like that where it's, like, you never know whether it's, like, business-wise or politics-wise or whatever, like, what's going to, like, get thrown our way. And, like, that's one of those things that going into this crazy election year has me on the edge of my seat in good and bad ways. Like my anxiety has never been higher. <laughs> never been higher. I know. So it's crazy. I feel that. like there are so many different outcomes that can happen. And I'm, honestly, I don't think it's going to be what we think it is. Like something's going to happen and I don't know what, but I'm obviously hoping for the best. And I think the best you're the positive one of us will happen, but I just don't think it's like, no, I'm saying positive about it. I'm just saying like, I think the actual like journey to this election day, something's going to, there's going to be some type of switch up and I don't know what it is, but we'll just see. I don't know. That's how I feel too. Especially think about 2020. We didn't like at this time during that cycle, we didn't have the pandemic in full force yet. Mm-hmm. Like not, I don't so want anything true. bad to further happen. This world is already a shit show. Like that's not what I'm suggesting for like the world to happen. But like just in terms of what huge thing could happen and change the course of a conversation and dynamics of an election. It's yeah. And then think of midterms, like Roe being yeah. overturned, even though we all knew that was kind of going to happen. Yeah. But still, it still did happen and it still did have like a cause and effect. Yeah, I totally agree. I think... It's just, it's going to be interesting and we'll be right here with you guys through it all Mm -hmm. and just breaking it all down. So I'm excited for what's to come. And we also, this episode is 2024 looking and we get to talk to a candidate who's running this year in a very, very huge election. But before we get there, just curious, like what you got up to over our little season break here that we had. Okay, you should be proud of me because I tried to relax. 
Like I really I tried. That. Good for you. It didn't really work. <laughs> but like the effort was there. So just just now be proud. I watched the like my life with the Walter Boys or whatever that show is called. Don't say whatever least, that show is called. You know what it's called. <laughs> no, I always mess it up. You know, I can never get the words right. But True. I literally watched it at least five times, like front to back, back to front. Yeah. So and Sam gave me this You can little, have an intervention. You can yeah, Sam gave me a little hint today over text what she was up to. And just, she said she watched this show the whole season multiple times. And guys, we've been off for two to three weeks. Okay. And you managed to not only finish a show, which is like normal, but to watch it multiple times the entire season, I am shocked. I watched one episode of that show, but I am yet to. One, I'm excited for you to like, just like dabble. You might find it too cheesy. Like normally, I think in a normal. I did find it a little cheesy. It is. It for sure is. But I think that's why, even though that's actually like a little bit outside of my normal watching vibe. I was into it and it felt like it was like an excuse for me to be off my phone. Mm-hmm. And that. because I like knew what it was like, I felt like I was watching some, like some psychologist on TikTok was telling me about how like my anxiety is high because I keep re- like watching something because I know what's going to happen. Like it was like one of those things where it was like, okay, I know what's going to happen. I like what happens. So, oh, I'm so you're just like, it's your happy it. place. Totally. It's like, oh, my light just went out. That's a bummer. I look so much better with that on, but ran out of battery. What a bummer. Okay. Anyways, now I'm in the dark, y'all. So if you guys aren't watching on YouTube, your light still other... looks great. It doesn't look any different oh, to me. Thank you. It's giving shadowy nighttime event. And before I yeah. was giving superstar walking on a stage. So, you know, we're just going for different vibes, just like my show taste. So well, I watched, that's what I did. What did I caught do? up on Southern Charm. And I caught up on Winter House. The Taylor-Olivia dynamic is wild. Where the hell Taylor gets off? Yeah. Thinking she's right in any dynamic. Like, I know it's reality TV and they cut things and whatever. But, like, I don't think there's a way you could cut that where she's somehow right. I just... I've never never been more team Olivia than humanly possible. I know. It's crazy. It's a good season. Um, And it's my first season of watching it. And I didn't know that. I'm excited. Welcome aboard. Thank you. It's my, I think it's my third, but I started, I actually think I binged the last two during like last Christmas break. Like, I think that's when. Mm. So it's Well, I like that Paige is on it now. So I think I started it because Paige and then I kind of like wasn't habitually watching it. And then someone told me that it's getting, it was getting really juicy. And I was like, okay, let me get back in. Wait, just speaking of juicy and jumping to Winterhouse. I think that Sam and Corey broke up. Really? Because that was like they, the one thing I saw on IG today. Like, was uh, she posted something was like New Year, fresh start. Like something that's like a classic like breakup type caption. Then they still follow each other, obviously. This is what I spent my break doing. <laughs> For five seconds, I was like, okay, putting together viral. I mean, I was already on social media, but I was like trying to like get into deep dives and like rabbit holes. That one, I just. Yeah. I honestly kind of hope that they are because I just had little faith in their relationship from the jump. And I think the Winter House thing really solidified it for me. The way she yeah. like cornered him into asking her to be his boy, her boyfriend. I was like, come on, girly. Like, 
And the way she handled the other girls in the house, when the one girl, she was like, imagine if you were in a situation ship for eight months and the girl was like, I literally wouldn't be. Like, I was that girl. I was like, I would absolutely never be in that position. Like, shit or get off the pot. I feel like it's also a very good telling point of the age differences. Like, I know that Malia Bro is yeah. a lot older than she is. And Sam is like very young 20s. So like that difference Totally. too and even her dating Corey, like i just see how like that flows into things bravo gossip so much bravo gossip and i'm behind on like all of the real housewives so no one texts me about that yet no I surprises know, thank haven't. you very much i'm not a real anyway. housewives girly but nonetheless what also is good is this episode that we have for you today Ooh, our so first of 2024 crazy. so craziness but excitement would you like to introduce our guest today? Oh, I am happy. Very happy too. So you guys will be very happy with this guest as well. Although I will say this might be Maddie's like, what is the term that I'm looking for? Dream come true? Yeah, there's this little thing called manifestation. We mentioned a few episodes back how there was this candidate running for Senate in West Virginia who is precious gem and loves Tyler Childers and is running to fill Joe Man's Joe Manchin's seat. And we were like, how amazing would it be to have this guy on the show? And here he is with us today. Facts, facts, facts. Literally, I was asking Maddie, what questions should we ask our guest, Zach Shrewsbury, candidate for US Senate West Virginia? And she was like, what's his favorite Tyler Childers song? How much does he love Tyler Childers? I'm going to scale we met 10. Are we fans? Are we getting like autographs? Like it was Is he literally a surrogate a of the campaign. Long. So anyways, long story <laughs> short, if you are Tyler Childers listening to this episode and you have yet to endorse Zach Shrewsbury, this might be your moment. This might be your hen. So yeah, there's that. But anyways, this episode you guys will see gets into West Virginia politics and also running for the seat that, as Maddie mentioned, was held by Joe Manchin. He's decided to retire. He's been teasing the whole like, Am I going to live for precedent? Like, am I going to mess things up? Like, situation. He totally sounds like that. It's fine. So we get into what it's like running for the seat, the West Virginia politics of it all, what the state kind of, you know, looks like demographic-wise and all of that jazz. And obviously, like, what his background's like. That's important to this conversation, front and center. So without further ado, here is Zach. Hey guys, popping in with a reminder to sign up for the GovHub newsletter. This weekly pop of politics is designed to share action items, resources, and quick links to civic engagement tools and topics directly to your inbox. Save it, share it, and sign up for a pinch of productive politics today by going to girlinthegov.com or visiting this episode's description. If you work in the political space, listen up. Here at Girl on the Gov, we have built our whole business around effectively marketing political messaging through digital media. And we want to help you do the same. We have a full digital media consulting menu these days, tailored specifically to the political space. Number one, hashtag viral. It is our paid social media newsletter that comes straight to your inbox every Tuesday. If you've ever thought uh, this meeting could have been an email, this newsletter is for you. We give basics to best practices, platform updates, and the content ideas you need to go hashtag viral. And for offering number two, if you want some one-on-one face-to-face attention, we offer that too. We provide social media audits and consulting to help you achieve the conversions and engagement you've been hoping for from your social media content. 
And number three, in our newest edition, Podcast Consulting, we are the minds behind this gorgeous political podcast for young voters that we've been running for two and a half years now. So we know a thing or two about how not only to get a podcast off the ground, but how to grow an audience. We provide podcast consulting for anyone trying to get their podcast started or provide podcast audits for those who have started their pod but want to see it take off. Podcasting is a great new in-house digital media marketing tool and a great way for any candidate elected or org to amplify their work and their voice. So head to girlonthegov.com slash consulting to learn more about our services and to sign up for hashtag viral to start slaying the beast that is digital media. Skeptical about custom beauty? I get it. My feed is flooded with customized this and personalized that, all promising to fix my split ends and my dry skin and all of the things. But when pros says custom, they actually mean it. It's no gimmick. And your formula literally couldn't exist without you. Each and every bottle of pros custom hair care and skin care is made to order and personalized with a unique blend of naturally powerful and proven effective ingredients to meet your needs. Their in-depth consultation analyzes over 80 factors for a complete view of your life and beauty goals, and they get personal. Pros covers everything from diet, exercise, and stress levels to uncover what's impacting your hair and skin health. They even asked me about, you know, where I live, the water hardiness that I have coming from my shower, UV index, all of the things. Next, they recommended a full routine of truly personalized products, which were only produced after I placed my order. Nothing premixed, nothing off the shelf. And I know from experience, one-of-a-kind formulas equal one-in-a-million results. Since I switched to pros, I've noticed that my hair is definitely fuller. I have thinner hair that just like will not hold a curl or stay voluminous. And ever since using pros, that has changed. But don't just take my word for it. In a third-party, double-blind, dermatologist-supervised, controlled clinical study, aka the gold standard in research studies, pros proved that personalization works better than off-the-shelf alternatives. Try it for yourself and get your healthiest hair in 30 days or your money back. Pros is so confident that you'll love your results that they're offering an exclusive trial offer. So you can see the difference custom care can make. 50% off your first subscription order at pros.com slash girlandgov. That's P-R-O-S-E dot com slash G-I-R-L-A-N-D-G-O-V for your free consultation and 50% off your one-of-a-kind formulas. Pros.com slash girlandgov. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. All right, Zach, welcome to Girl on the Gov, the podcast. We are so excited to have you. One, because you are running for Senate in West Virginia. So much to talk about there. And two, you are a fan of Maddie's favorite person on this earth, which is Tyler Childers. So to start things off, what is your favorite Tyler Childers song? There's a lot. Hard Time (laughs) is the one that speaks to me on a very personal level, like... 
because I get it. You know, like the, a lot of a lot of stuff he's singing. You know, you, you wonder how you're going to take care of your family. You wonder where it's going to come from. And the the desperation at the end of it is is just powerful. So that's one of my most yeah. favorite. And then obviously, probably Feather Indians is the other one, but everyone loves that one. So I try to be a rebel and, <laughs> and, and like, like like something different. But uh, yeah, it's it, it's very talented artist. But yeah, Hard Times is my favorite. Great choice. Great choice. Love it. Have you seen him live? What's your fave? Mine is, I go more on the lovey-dovey side. So (laughs) Shake the Frost, but also Universal Sound, I think is one of my favorites. The the first one you said, that's that's a powerful one. Yeah, I love it. Exciting. Well, we, I'm sure we'll dive back into the Tyler topic at some point. (laughs) Absolutely. Well, nonetheless, we did want to obviously talk to you about your run for Senate and getting the backstory to, you know, what inspired you to run? What's made you be like, you know what, like, this is the race I want to get into. And now, you know, what's, what's the story there? Where's a long story. So I'm a community organizer in West Virginia, and I've done political activism across the board. And really through this organizing, going through my home, I've, I just see it, it's just rampant suffering. People are struggling across the state, everywhere you go and across party lines, you know, mm-hmm. people are, you know, you don't have jobs available. The jobs you do have don't pay you enough to live. You have families that literally can't put food in their table. And I, I've been, I've been the guy that's, that's, you know, met with uh, Senator Manchin at the time, met, meeting with different legislators, asking for solutions, asking for problem, you know, problem solving. And they'll pat you on the shoulder and, and give you some, empty rhetoric and then in the day they vote the way they vote because they've been paid off to do so and frankly i just got fed up with it mm-hmm. and uh, i was watching i knew that I, I i predicted that this would be a no one would no one would contest in your mansion so i figured hell i will someone needs to and I, i'm 30 yeah. I'm, I'm young young i feel like i'm i feel like i'm 60 <laughs> but, <laughs> but i don't have you know they the age group that we have run the country right now is from to me is very out of touch with what is happening currently and that's so i'm also trying to broaden this message by saying you know younger people need to run for office you know if i can do this more people can do it and that you know run locally run a state level but really what it come down to was i was fed up i have political experience i've you know i've been a community organizer i've been across my state and there were parts of appalachia asking what people need in their communities what's what's affected you what's going on with your family what do you need to see done to ensure that you have security in your life and I don't see any of our politicians doing that. So I threw my hat in the ring. You know, I crafted a, I planned this for a year, very strategically and very quietly building a team and network across the state. And when we launched, I don't think people quite expected it to be so organized. So here we are. Yes. The organization, you, you know it well. So I love that. You're just like brewing behind the scenes and then big launch. We love it. We love a hard launch. You're also a veteran of the Marine Corps. And so we're curious, like what type of learnings and just life experience that brings into a role as a potential senator? So one discipline for one thing, discipline, and I'm very hard, hard in my beliefs. And also the Marine Corps allowed me to experience just people. A lot. It, it all comes down to experiencing what people need, what the American people need in government. I don't think we, we truly don't have that. We have we do, we do with some representatives. There are all some good representatives out there, but the vast majority to me don't actively represent working class people. They they don't leave their bubbles. They don't they they come from wealthy backgrounds and don't they can't speak for people here anymore. We we've lost that touch. So it's 
yeah, it's a struggle. But the Marine Corps, frankly, taught me you know, a lot about people, how to deal with different personalities, taught me a lot, a lot of leadership. You know, yeah, I mean, you can, if you can, you can, if you can lead a squad of, of, of young Marines, you can, you can do almost anything in this world. <laughs> I don't know if, I don't know if you've experienced them, but good, good Lord, we're, we're a different bunch. But I, I, if you can, yeah, it really comes down to just leadership skills, learning about cultures and people and mm-hmm. giving that discipline in your life to keep going, you know, that's it. And I really do rely on, I rely on my, what I've learned in the Marine Corps and my organizing, you know. I'm considered rather one of the hardest working people in West Virginia. And I'm also very aggressive in my politics. You know, I don't, I don't really mince words. I don't hold back. You know, I don't, I don't have time to, like, if you ask me a question, I don't really have time to give you a very long answer. That's giving you no answer at all. I'm rather direct. So yeah. 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 <laughs> well, I definitely think being able to, you know, move through different personalities is like the key to politics for mm. sure, because there is really no more diverse group of crazies. So, you know, that's definitely the spot to, you know, test run and fully utilize that skill for sure. And I'm so curious in terms of sort of that distance between the people and then the representatives, especially in West Virginia. Like we've had Joe Manchin and a bunch of other kind of like corrupt figures. And so I'm just curious, like how that's even happen to the extent that's happened. Like we see corruption or issues across states and across parties and all of the things, but especially in West Virginia, it seems like such a huge divide that you would think that there would be more movement. And then until you, I don't know where that movement's been. So I'm curious what your perspective is on that. Uh, the, the, the movement has been, the movement has, has had its ups and downs and it's been alive in many people. What I've been saying is you don't really have the movement's not aggressive enough, to be frank. The, move, the movement needs to be more aggressive. It needs to call out, you know, what it needs to call out. Like I was at a a rally last night that a lot of politicians should should have been at, in my personal opinion, and if only a couple showed up. And what you need to, you need to call them out for, you know, a lot of times the Democratic Party does not do aggressive politics. We we play it nice, you know. We 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 don't go into the trenches. We we stay above it. So we think, and there in states like West Virginia, the Republicans ruin you here. Because mm. they're they're just out there slandering your name left and right, and Democrats take on. Well, I'm not going to respond to that. No, you 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 need to you 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 need to you need to you need to throw hands <laughs> in West Virginia. percent. And that's 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 the thing. I mean, you have that the teachers movement here was one of the biggest movements and and one of the most inspiring things we had here in West Virginia. And sadly, the uh, legislature has picked away at, at those achievements for a while now. Mm-hmm. So ultimately, it needs to be an aggressive movement, and we need to just really stand up. That's why I have a pro-working class message. You know, it crosses party lines. You know, I'm not I'm not here to just to be a Democrat. I'm here to advocate for working West Virginians and see you know what's going on in your community. And that and I've had a lot of success with that. You know, people, you know, I'll go into the hills and hollers. I'll go all the way to the back and find that guy who's never seen a never seen a guy running for office before. And you and you, you all might not be shocked, but I mean, it, it's surprising to a lot of people. It's politicians here don't don't go out you know fear people where she had been put down for decades you know we've had no representation as you all said so you know the best thing we ever got was senator mansion and i mean comparatively it's it's we haven't had we haven't had choices we've had choices between one corrupt millionaire and then one corrupt millionaire with a cute little dog and <laughs> that's that's what we keep getting so and that's one of my main points here is that this this election for west virginia is very important for this state because this is probably the last election the state has to really remain relevant 
you can because now Senator Mansion is gone. You now have you could either pick me, the guys who want to fight for you every day. You can pick, you know, pick me who's at your doorstep learning what you need in your communities, or you can pick Jim Justice, who's a millionaire coal baron who has never cared about anybody here and allow West Virginia to fade into oblivion. So you can pick a fighter or you can pick the guy that's going to put money in his own pockets and will fall into a state that no one ever thinks about. Not, not, yeah. not me. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> well, I was going to ask too. I mean, you obviously just touched on it, but that's just like the state of the race and what's going on and just also kind of getting a snapshot into West Virginia politically, because like we talked about, Joe Manchin has been this Democrat representing West Virginia for a long time. And he identifies as a Democrat, didn't always act like it, but I think it just comes back down to that like representation piece that you've been talking about. But it does seem like potentially the electorate in West Virginia would want somebody that's just more representative versus party lines, given the way that they've voted in the past. So I'm just kind of curious, first, just like the state of the race, what it's looking like, what people are saying, and like what you are feeling from voters so far. I've Since Senator Manchin's retired, I've been hit with immense popularity so far. Everywhere I go, people are loving the message. Um, local committees love the message. It's 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 been it's been crazy. Our fundraising was spectacular. I have a fantastic team, and like I said, I planned this. For, it was a very strategically planned race, and we've had none of that. So I mean, ultimately, right now it's it's going great. We're picking up we, we pick up steam every day. I stay busy every day. I'm <laughs> I sacrifice sleep for this. Yeah, but the state of affairs here, West Virginians, like I said, it is a red state. I wouldn't say it's a Republican held state. And why do I say that? Because if you look at 2016 race with Bernie Sanders and Donald Trump, both polled very well here. And if you pull the poll numbers, Bernie Sanders outpolled Trump in many counties. And but why is that? Because West Virginians, one and I've said this before, have been put down for so long. We just seek someone who seems to be genuine, who seems to care about us. And Bernie didn't make the primary, so that left Donald Trump, who allowed who came here and fear-mongered his way through because you you can you can inspire people through fear or hope yeah. and i'm trying to give a more hopeful message like much like bernie did but if you can't have hope people will side with fear and i think west west virginia's really just wanted someone who could throw a brick through dc and they chose donald trump and that that's the thing and if you give people here another option of someone who's genuine of someone who actually understands where they're coming from like myself because i am i i live i live these struggles you know i've i've been this i've been in the positions where choosing between rent groceries choosing between you know pay my pay, pay my car insurance or you know go go see my family it's it's tough and most politicians can't say the same so really like i said west virginia just wants someone who's genuine and really in this whole race i'm being me i'm i'm being myself in this race i'm not I'm not trying. I'm trying to change up politics a little bit, you know, and, and, and it's, it's gone, gone very well so far. Yeah. Well, it's very exciting to see some movement, some momentum. And I know you're chatting with all of these voters. You're seeing this momentum happening and these conversations evolving. And I'm curious, what are the issues that are top of mind? Like if there is one issue even that voters are saying, like, can you please do something about this? What would that be? It's it's so many to really get one. You, I mean, you really have to, it would come down to between just job opportunities or handling the addiction crisis here. It really is a tie for that. And so I'll, I'll touch on both a little bit. Jobs, for one, aren't plentiful here. 
people, we, we, we cling to a dying industry and my family, my family is coal miners, but we cling to a dying industry that is not good for the land. It's not, and it doesn't treat miners well at all. You know, the, I mean, I'm a, I'm a fan of the UMWA. I wish the mines that do exist would be unionized instead of being uh, these corporate led fiends <laughs> that treat miners like crap. My, my biggest talking point with that is I want to bring renewable manufacturing jobs to West Virginia. Let's, you know, let's build it in West Virginia. You can re, repurpose mountaintop removal sites with put, you know, with solar panels, for instance. You can build the, the, the factories here and put people to work and allow that justified transition for working class people. You know, a lot, of, a lot of talking points is, oh, well, you're just going to kill coal. No, what I'm trying to do is actually provide, protect miners, give them, give them the first opportunity to get those jobs, allow that tradition to happen. It won't be immediate, but we have to at least get the ball rolling that way. And, it's, and that's been taken very well, talking point. People like to hear that someone has a plan in place for people instead of just closing down mines and then leaving West Virginia to with nothing. The other one with the addiction crisis is... What the state does now does not work. They throw people in jail, and that's about the only solution they really give. We need to be, for me, I have a very compassionate standpoint on dealing with the addiction crisis here. We need need to approach this with a lot more compassion with harm reduction and just helping people get into recovery and then helping them find jobs, giving them opportunities. And really, it all stems from that is in the current system as it is, throws people in jail. It gives them a record. They get out. They can't find a job. So the cycle repeats. So yeah. I'm I'm very much loudly against that. You know, I've I've worked with the homeless a lot before in West Virginia, and a lot of people just need a chance. And West Virginia, the current government doesn't give them a chance. So I'm very loud and open about you know we need to be way more accepting people and treat people with compassion instead of just a rule book that continues totally. that continues the the cyclic pattern of doom. Yeah. And I'm curious in terms of the addiction crisis there. And this is actually an issue that we've wanted to get into previously, just like haven't, haven't had the moment to yet. And curious, like from your perspective, working with people dealing with this, like why has it gotten so bad? Like what has been the catalyst? Like what, what do you think too would help, you know, pull some pressure off of everything? Well, I mean, the catalyst was the pharmaceutical companies dumped their pills here and it just went rampant and I, I i'm not the most educated person on 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 that one i am glad i'll put you in touch with the organ I, I, the organizers that Please actually do. yeah. doing, doing the hard work here i know quite a few that are in the recovery scene and do this i, I mostly help them but but like i say it, the people there's nothing here for people people are desperate for anything and you know and you know it it one of my friends told me last year, you know, whoever starts, no one starts out using using drugs and says, man, I can't wait to ruin my life. You know, n- no one thinks that, but that's how people are treated. And that's ultimately is, you know, we need to quit having such cold hearts to people and actively start encouraging, like I said, just encourage people into recovery, you know, keep people safe, you know, engage in harm reduction, quit being so afraid of helping people. I mean, West Virginia, we're still trying to break, I'm, I'd try to break the stigma off Narcan. A lot of people are afraid of Narcan. You know, I'm like, why? It's saving lives. It's, sa- it's saving people. Why are we so afraid of it? So, but it, it's really just it's as long, hard discussions that need to happen across the state, and that's what my campaign also tries to do is amplify these causes, amplify what's happening here, and and do, like I said, I, I'll gladly put you all in touch with a, one of the organizers I know that does this work. She's fantastic. So, like I said, that's one of the reasons I would love to. I, I network everybody I know. So, yeah, um, yeah. And what's awesome too, I think about that and potentially having you 
as a senator in the U.S. Senate is like that the issue of addiction has spread across the country and it's really just taken over in a, a lot of states. And I think we need a, a leader on the federal level who's going to actually, you know, implement real solutions and bring that compassionate angle to solving this issue. Because, yeah, it's really everywhere. But um curious too to talk a little bit more about Joe Manchin and just kind of his tenure and how um you also mentioned in your organizing you you know did have some meetings with him and talk to him about the issues facing people of West Virginia so I'm just kind of curious like while he was in office even before you decided to run like your thoughts on him and you know his representation um Senator Manchin, well, Senator Manchin's been Senator Manchin the whole time. Just the rest of the country found out who he was in 2021 because <laughs> he became important. And the rest of us here in West Virginia were very much like, I don't know why y'all are shocked by this. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but Senator Senator Manchin, he when I when I met with him, he it depended, it really depended on the day. He was receptive and he was very receptive in some meetings. And other meetings very closed off. I worked for a veterans organization and we we brought veterans in to meet with him the first time. And we started talking about, you know, our, our problems. And he, he, he basically said, you know, he, he didn't interrupt, but he waited. He's like, how many of you are actually from West Virginia? And of course, like 95% of the Zoom call raised their hands. And he, you could see, and he's like, oh, okay, fine. Because he, he he's used to non-West Virginians advocating for things, mm. but he'll, he'll, he will listen to West Virginians. And uh, that, that's, that's one of the pros about him is that he will listen to people who are, or he'll at least send an intern or someone to come come find you. I'll, I'll give him that. To, comparatively to Jim Justice, who doesn't even show up to anything or seem to care, Joe Manchin at least sent someone out to talk to you at some point. Now, returning phone calls is a hard problem. But so I'm not, I won't, I won't hit him. I won't hit him there at all. But when it comes down to representation, I don't know what happened. The man really much seemed to choose, choose, choose money over advocating for West Virginia and what's correct. And now it didn't surprise us when he chose not to run. My sources told me months and months ago that he wasn't going to run for re-election. So like I said, I saw an opportunity here to we need to run and advocate. And this is our opportunity to do it. Now, so now I didn't expect it. I didn't know he when he was going to retire. I didn't know that date. So that did catch up by surprise. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but we were we were thinking it was going to be sometime in December, but now he he dropped it on November. So So yeah, when you I'll, decided to run, did you know he was going to retire? No, or were you that. planning to run against him? I plan on running against him, mm-hmm. and then once I told uh, a few people my plan, then they then one of my sources who knows him very well was like, "Oh, he's not running. He's not. I promise you, he's not." So we're like, "Okay, that's fine." But we're going to run against him anyways in case he wants to. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, someone needs to, and if he doesn't, then we'll keep on move. We'll keep on moving forward. So we've had, you know, we had Plan A and Plan B in place the entire time for whatever happened. But uh, I said we weren't shocked when he when he decide not to so yeah i feel like i was waiting for him to just do something i didn't know what it was gonna be but i was like okay what's gonna happen here like i mean i never i don't think he'll run for president i don't i couldn't tell you what he's doing i think he's trying to just try to stay in the news and probably probably try to build his own organization i think what i think with mitt romney now i think they're, they're hanging out well, I couldn't really tell you what he's doing right now about running for president. I don't I don't know if he'd throw his hat in the ring for that or not. I don't think he would. Senator Manchin wants to win. So he'll he'll pick what's best for him and what and how and how he can win and running for president of the United States. I don't I don't see that one happening. <laughs> so so yeah, we'll see. That's a good point. That is a very good point. Well, I'm curious 
in terms of West Virginia, everyone looks at it as this like super red state. And what like something that drives both of us nuts is that Dems typically just ignore the red states. They're like, oh, it's a loss. Like it is what it is. Like it sucks, but we'll focus on these other, you know, battleground states or purplish areas and whatnot. And we feel like it's such a, a miss mm -hmm. if you're not engaging, like <clears throat> you can't win at all and you never create sort of the, the yeah. mapping to do so in the future. And so I'm just curious, like how you felt with that sort of mentality and running in a state that the Dems typically minus mansion have written off. Well, I'm very much trying to show that you shouldn't write us off. That's the one, mm -hmm. the whole yeah. one of these campaigns to show the Democratic Party that, hey, you know, there are fighters here. You can't just write off rural America. And like you said, the Democratic Party has vastly written off rural <laughs> America. But frankly, and forever listeners to this, that's bad tactics. You know, if you allow the Republicans to hold rural America to the point to where a Democrat can't even breathe here, what's going to happen to the Democrat strongholds that you do have? I mean, it, you, then the Republicans will now have power to keep encroaching on that, and you have to defend that. So the Democrats are putting themselves in a defensive posture. And and like like I said, you never see the Democratic Party ever really go on the offensive. And I'm trying to show that West Virginia, you know, I'm, I'm on the offensive. There's no defense here. It's all it's all offense. We're 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 making moves, and I'm I'm moving quickly, and. Uh, you know, I'm trying to, you know, it's, it is kind of an experimental campaign. I'm not, I'm not following the rule book here. I'm doing, I'm really doing my own ideas, my team's ideas and see where we land. But right now it's been very positive. So. Yeah. I mean, that's just like what, like we said, it's so frustrating too. Cause it's, especially in a state like West Virginia, like elected a democratic Senator, like there are pathways there. Like I think, I think the same thing about like Kentucky, you know, that's like a statewide election. If they're electing a Democratic governor, like, why aren't we looking into that? You know, there's so many opportunities and opportunities to reach people and you literally change lives at the end of the day. So, yeah, but love this. Love your campaign for people who live in West Virginia or outside of it. Like, how can people get involved with your campaign, continue to yeah. follow it and help kind of help organize this? If you people want to volunteer, they can go to my website, shrewsburyforsenate.com. Uh, I'm also on all social medias, X, Facebook, TikTok, Instagram. So feel free to follow me on all those. And uh, I'm also very readily available to talk to anybody. And people can just email the campaign. And usually it is me responding to you. So I do my best. I mean, there's a lot of people emailing. But, yeah. <laughs> but I, I do my best to respond the best I can. But yeah, if anyone wants to get involved, that's the best way. And in the day for the West Virginians who listen to this is... You know, you have a choice between you can pick you can pick a working class guy who actively just wants to help people, actively is in your communities and understand your struggles, or you can pick the corrupt coal baron. Mm -hmm. so in the day, it comes down to you want to choose the worker or you want to choose the company store. Yes, I love that. And have we talked to Tyler? Are we getting well, I, to surrogate I, on the I campaign? Would, because I would, love, I would love for Tyler Childers to do um, anything. I don't know. Breathe in the general direction of this, <laughs> of this campaign. We we have a couple contacts for him. I'm not sure if they're real or not, but they were given to us. I have not tried to reach out yet because yeah, I don't. I would like to craft a message around how to reach out to Tyler and get him more involved. Because politically, I think we're very much aligned. Yes. On, I think you yeah. would love, love what you're building. But we are, we are actively, you know, it's still in a building process to figure out how to get Tyler Childers to come to West Virginia for, for, for an event. But that'd be great. Absolutely. Yes. We're going to clip yeah, this and tag him 10 million times and be like, excuse <laughs> That's me. That's fine. Honest to God, <laughs> please do.
<laughs> yes, we will help you on this mission. And I just want to be invited to that like GOTV concert. That's Absolutely. all. That's all I have. I saw him at Healing <laughs> Appalachia last year. And it was great. So I saw him this year for the first time too. And it was just yeah. incredible. No, man's talented. He's very talented. He's so good. Yeah, feel free. You have feel free to get him. <laughs> Yeah, this is going to be a group effort. We're going to get Tyler mm -hmm. involved. Absolutely. Thanks. I appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, this has been wonderful. Tyler talking all things in between. Thank you so much for joining us. And we can't wait to you know see where this race goes. And thank you all for having me on. credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.